This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am here with Stephanie Della Porta, who is a visual alchemist and intuitive channel. And we have the most incredible conversation. So I'm so excited to get to actually record this one and welcome. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm really happy to be here. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. This is not the way I have ever recorded before. I normally do a traditional introduction, tell me about your story. But we just started talking about things that were so good. I was like, I don't want to pause us and change the flow of energy. I just want to hit record. I feel like so much of my suffering is caused by what I feel I'm supposed to be doing, what I feel like I'm supposed to be feeling. These outward and internally driven expectations and that well, I thought it was going to look like that. I thought it should be like that. And, and as soon as I can see that and pull away from that and realize, okay, so it's not that. So what, like, why were you attached to that thing, that ideal, that idea? And once I break away from that, then I can find the pleasure, the joy, the, the happiness in the present moment. But anytime I'm attached to this preconceived idea, that's where I find my suffering. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. And I resonate with that uh, because especially (laughs) I think, and we've talked about this in the episode we recorded together, but like comparison really is the the thief of joy. And I find that that's when the comparison comes in and the ego comes in where it's, where it's, you know, you're looking at someone else and thinking, okay, well, she's moving through that and she's doing something similar and she seems to be moving through it a lot easier than I am. What am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And another thing too, is I find that a lot in the I guess the conscious slash spiritual community that once you become, you know, quote unquote spiritual, everything is supposed to be rainbows and butterflies. And oh yeah, you know, you have to be high vibrational all the time. And I realized that going through what I've been going through this past week, it's actually these feelings and these emotions that I have to sit with because part of the human experience is experiencing the perception of separation from source in order for us to know what it feels to be one with all. So it's like the duality of the entire experience is what I actually need to feel because I I won't, for example, I won't know what hot is unless I feel what cold is. Like I need that opposite. So I don't know. It's so interesting because we learn all of these concepts, but for me, it's only a concept until it's lived, you know, until it's experienced. So for me, it's taking a concept and taking theory. And that's when I learn the most is when I actually experience it for myself. But it's so funny because in these moments of experiencing, I'm thinking, I don't want to experience this anymore. Get me out of this. I'd rather read about it. (laughs) Right. No, I totally, totally understand what you're saying. And I feel that way about relationships or business success. We have such a romanticized idea of what it is and what it's supposed to be. And then when you're going through it, I completely agree. It's like 
mentally, logically, you know, well, of course it's going to be up and down and, and valleys, and then you're going to hit plateaus and then you're going to hit peaks and it's going to be this whole range of emotions. But I'll speak for myself. I spend way too much time judging where I am and then how I feel about where I am instead of just being there and having the awareness and the mindfulness to know that in each moment, in each place, there are lessons, just like what you're saying. In the valley, there's lessons. At the, at the apex, there's lessons. There's like, it's all, it's all lessons. And we, we can't be joyful, happy, peaceful all the time. Then it wouldn't feel that way. Then it would feel like something else. Exactly. We wouldn't even know what those feelings were if we didn't have the opposite, the polarity of feeling the other feelings. Right. So I came to the conclusion of where it's, if we're all fragments of source and source wants to know itself, I have to experience feeling being separate from that in order to experience the fullness of it. I have to know what the difference is. Right. So, and that's why, how I feel too, even when, you know, you go through those periods of integration or I like to call them just, I always feel disconnected during those times. And I'm thinking, why aren't my guides speaking to me? Why can't I hear my soul? Why can't I, you know, what's going on? I'm not getting any guidance. And those are the moments where it's like, okay, you need to experience not feeling that in order to know when you are, because I always ask, for that polarity where I'm like, I really just want to know you're really speaking to me, you know, or you're talking to me or you're showing me things. I want to really trust what I'm receiving. And so, yeah, I feel like that just extends to, to just life with every, with everything. It's just, it's all merely a concept until it's lived until it's experienced. But I love that idea too, of those periods of time where it feels like the growth is not happening or the momentum is not happening. I don't know about you, but I am very driven by this idea of momentum. Like, I don't care what is happening. I just want to feel like every day I'm taking a step forward towards something. And those days where you're just like, oh my God, nothing is happening. Nobody's calling. Nobody's liking. I'm not reading. I'm not writing. Nothing is happening. I have slowly been able to find that, okay, those are the times when the most stuff is happening. That's the time of integration. That's the time where it's like the vegetables are in the fridge marinating, there's work happening, but it's not all the sizzle and the spark and the big ahas. It's like, those are the little days or weeks or even months where it's all filtering through. And again, I'm looking at this in the rear view mirror. So I'm speaking when, when I'm in the middle of it, I don't find that, but you know, you can look back and say like, wow, those were periods of time where I felt that there was no growth. I felt that there was no progress. I was asking for signs and getting nothing, but that was when all of this was working inside and things were flowing. What do you think about that? I think you just described exactly what I'm going through. <laughs> You're like, I'm marinating. <laughs> I'm in the middle of it. And I want to be where you are, where I can see it from a higher perspective. And, and for me, it's, it's been very challenging. Like I mentioned earlier, it's this feeling of just separation. And this is the time where I'm not getting people messaging me as much and I'm not getting enough calls and I'm not even getting emails, which is so weird because literally before that, I used to get five emails from the same people all the time. Like, you know, when you sign up for newsletters, it's like everything went quiet for me. And then that's when I could hear my own thoughts. And now all of them are very loud. My own thoughts are very loud. And I, 
And then it's exactly what you said, where we need those moments because that's when I really get to know myself. I get to know who I am is because I'm not, I'm not hearing this excessive noise from the external world. And it was, it's very interesting because the other day I was sitting outside and I was, you know, kind of like crying on the inside. Like, why am I feeling this way? This is getting a little challenging. And I was given kind of like a practice where it was just to sit outside because it's noisy. I'm in the city. So when I sit on my grass, it's, I hear sirens, I hear cars, like it's nonstop. So (laughs) my guides sort of told me to sit down, close my eyes and just breathe and see if I could hear my own breath above all the other noise. And that was what I focused on. It was like, try to hear yourself before everybody else. And it was challenging. Like, (laughs) I thought I'd be able to focus on my, on myself. I couldn't, I just kept hearing the cars and then my mind would dart off. And then, but it was interesting where I thought, what a beautiful practice to purposefully sit there and try to just listen to myself breathe over all the external noise. And I feel like that's what a lot of us are doing every day now. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) I want to share with you that you are absolutely not alone. I feel like I have had a similarly themed conversation with so many people in the spiritual higher consciousness space in the past few weeks about its business is slowing down, interaction, engagement. So many people are experiencing this slowdown. And it's so funny because I've been thinking about this for myself and my own business, which completely transparently has definitely slowed down. And I've been thinking about it and thinking about it. And it wasn't until you just said what you did about the external noise that all of a sudden I got the immediate download and knowing in real time that the lesson for me is that I do not need the external validation. And that is the reason why this is happening. And that is the reason why I have been given this extra time to reconnect with what is lighting me up, to reconnect with my process, to explore, to to play, to enjoy, and to really come back to a home base of, I am functioning, flowing on my own. And that external noise and validation is not required for my happiness. It is not required for my success, for my joy, for my love, for my peace. That is not necessary. So thanks. (laughs) No, you're not alone in that either. I, everything you said, I'm sitting there just here, just nodding my head going, yeah, you're pretty much speaking exactly what I'm feeling. And that's those are the realizations that I myself have come to because it's so easy, especially because we're so digital now and we're put into these literal squares, these little boxes, you know, our lives are, you know, (laughs) for everyone to see. And that was, that's been a big lesson for me too, is my own validation. So having to being able to sit with myself was, and just hear myself among the noise was just really soul opening and empowering also challenging too, because then you realize, I realized myself how much I was neglecting myself because I was worried about other people's opinions of me. And it's like, the only opinion that really matters is my own. And I'm not one to, I don't like preaching things without actually embodying them myself. So it's so funny because I think I I wrote a post on this recently and it's like, okay, I totally forgot about what I said to other people because I'm not doing that myself. But well, life's a journey, right? It's not just one destination. That's what I keep telling myself that these are just, you know, stops along the road. And it's in these, these moments where the riches really are of our journey. And I also know that this is also never going to be the last time I feel this way. 
And I think that's always the hardest. <laughs> right. Right. You're going to, it's going to circle back around. It's going to come in a different way, or that's the thing that's so funny too. It's like, you know, you're here to learn lessons. And if you are connected or tapped in in a certain way, and I don't know if you've done your Akashic records, but every soul has certain lessons that they're meant to learn in this lifetime according to your records. And so it's so funny, even knowing that those are your lessons, you're like, dang, why is that coming back around? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lesson. There we go again. <laughs> yeah. It's just these themes that your soul continues to explore over lifetimes. And it's, and it just, because, you know, you may have, I don't want to say solved it in one life. It doesn't mean it's not going to come around in a different way because each experience is different. Right. And I was having the conversation with my husband one day where we were talking about, I wish I knew more, you know, I wish I knew more things about the universe and the cosmos. And then we were talking about it. And I thought, you know, it's interesting to even say that because the whole reason source fragmented itself out was so that it could relearn itself. That's what we are. We're fragments of source and we are just relearning ourselves. And that's the point, because if we were all knowing, all seeing all everything, well, it would, I find that at some point you'd probably get bored, you know, because you'd be the only the only energy around that just knew everything and you were everything. So in this way, we have to experience, you know, and go through these experiences differently all the time. So that source as fragments of source, we continue to keep relearning ourselves in these different environments. So I'm finding a lot of comfort lately. And also in the fact that me and my husband joke that, Hey, this is just a vacation. Earth is just a vacation and it's not real. It's okay. You know, just have fun with it. So for people listening who are not familiar with the term source and don't maybe understand or relate to this idea of fragmented source, could you expand on that and share a little bit about what that means? Of and, course. Yeah. Okay. Well, myself, I actually came from a pretty religious background when I was 13. So if you had said this to me back then too, I would have been questioning what you were saying and not really understanding it. So I'm glad that you made it a point to ask. So for me, source is very interchangeable with the word God, with the word goddess, with the word universe, angels, guides, because I believe it all flows from the same cosmic energy, the same source. The divine is also another one. I really feel that it's just really what resonates with you. And for me, I'll be quite honest, it changes. Some days I'll say God, some days I'll say source, some days I'll say divine, some days I'll say universe. And for me, it's, it's just language that we're using to describe this energy, this energy that or creator that, you know, that's created all things that we all are, that we are fragments of. And when I say fragment, I actually had a vision I was given by my guides a couple months ago, cause I'm artistic and I get everything with visions. And then I, I end up painting them out. That's just my life. So, so um, incredible. Had, <laughs> thank you. So I had this vision of everything started off as this huge rainbow of light. And when I say rainbow, it was just this big, massive light that covered the entire universe multiverse. And it was just different hues of the rainbow and different hues of the spectrum. So souls began to fragment themselves off into different hues. It's like different different colors. So that's how I, when I say fragmented off, and when I say fragments of source is that we all came from this one consciousness. And then my understanding is that this consciousness wanted to experience itself and know itself as nothing because it knew everything, because it knew everything. And then, so we began to fragment out 
into souls. Some went into different soul groups, some went into different soul families, and then some just kind of decided to incarnate on their own. But for me, I see every soul as like having this unique color, this unique frequency. So when I was given this vision, I thought this was so beautiful because there was a time last year where I had I call it the in-between where it's that state of not being fully awake and not being fully asleep. And I believe that that's where a lot of the magic happens because our bodies are really rooted because we're asleep, but our consciousness has the ability to just go anywhere that it wants to go. So in this time, I actually was shown like a cosmic brush being dipped into paint. And then they were showing me that that's how souls were made. Like mm. it was really beautiful. Oh so it was my like, God, oh, that's yeah. amazing. We are all masterpieces, right? And we are all our own piece of art. Our whole life is our art, right? So yeah, I hope that explained it. I'm sorry if I- <laughs> No, that's a beautiful explanation. And I mean, I can so clearly visualize what you were saying. And so now I'm thinking, cause we've talked offline about the whole aura thing is if that is where people, where souls get their aura color from is from these different hues. Is that what you think? That's what I, yes, actually when I got that vision, it's so funny. Cause this actually was before our conversation. I wish I'd remembered it cause I <laughs> would have mentioned it. Um, but that's what I, my understanding is that's what it is, is that we all hold these different frequencies within us and color is vibration is what our eyes translate as vibration. So what we're seeing when we see color is actually just a vibration. So as vibrational beings, we're holding our own colors. And I think that if you were to put every single soul together, it would make up this beautiful portrait of consciousness, just like they would just be, you know what I mean? The rainbow would just be and I'd obviously it would also be colors that we'd probably never seen in our right. human reality, mm. but it would just be so incredible. And I think that source started off as this really beautiful multicolored rainbow of light and then wanted to fragment itself into individual souls. Well, what we call souls. So, which is the essence of a person that lives on beyond the body. Right. So I should have said that earlier. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that it's so interesting because of course there's so many different religious upbringings and there's so much heaviness and weight that comes with this spiritual life and and I'm fortunate that I do not have that kind of religious background that I had to really like work through or overcome or or tackle in order to believe in these things I did grow up believing in God and not that I was in a religious family per se but from a young age I just learned how to pray and I, it was not modeled to me, but I would pray and I would talk to God and I felt like we had this special relationship. And so it's just so beautiful that now that I've, you know, learned and grown and been on this path that whether, like you said, it's God or it's source or it's universe or all these different interchangeable ideas my understanding and awareness has certainly grown and expanded, but that deep interconnection that I felt when I was a little girl, that seed was planted. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Cause that's what drew me to the Christian religion was trying to, I was, a, I've always been a seeker. So trying to find yeah. out the answers to the universe. I think I was always just trying to find God source universe insert, insert there, whatever you want. <laughs> but, um, and that was my choice. It wasn't as if I was forced by my family or anything like that. But at some point it just didn't align with me anymore, especially when 
for myself, I turned more to spirituality as opposed to a man-made religion. I think that for me, the way that I ended up interpreting religions later on in my life is that they are interpretations of this divine energy that different people hold, but that also creates community with different people. So, you know, it's a shared belief in how to, how they express the divine, really. For me, I don't think any of them are wrong either. You know, they're right. not right I mean, or there's wrong. There's so many similarities. I mean, yeah, it's that's like what when I you mean. look at all the different religions, it's like they might be called something different, but it's so many of the same stories or principles or tenets. Absolutely. That's what I mean. It's just, there is so much commonality between all of them. And I think it's because we're all just trying to express this divine energy that we all feel, or we want a relationship with or have a relationship with, and people will just interpret it in different ways. I mean, if you really think about it, our whole 3d reality is interpretation. I mean, every book we read is someone's interpretation of an idea. Every movie we watch, every song we listen to, you know, everything we learn in school, even history itself is someone else's interpretation of it. So our whole society is literally just based on other people's thoughts. Like that's, that's what it is. And then our world is based on our thoughts and how we end up perceiving the world. So yeah, that'll come back to, you know, the whole thoughts are powerful. <laughs> right, right. Well, and who are you giving your power to without, without being aware of it? What energy, what ideal, what program have you allowed your energy tentacles to get hooked into? And all of a sudden you're not running on <laughs> to use the program and the whole like video game or simulation analogy are you just all of a sudden running on somebody else's program and you have completely given up your thoughts, your power, your free will in the situation, you just get in the habit of let's say checking social, like scrolling through. And it's just like, when did that become a thing that when I had a few free moments, I was going to subscribe to the program of now I check social media and let that dictate how I'm feeling. That's exactly it. Everything you said is, is what I've experienced myself and my own struggle with it. And as you were saying that, <laughs> it reminded me of a, another vision that I was given, of course, because that's <laughs> what happens. Um, and they were showing me a person with a cord coming out of their crown chakra and a cord coming out of their root chakra. And it was asking you, what are you plugging into? Is your crown plugging into higher consciousness or are you plugging in with your root to AI consciousness? So artificial intelligence. So it was like, which one? Are, and it was asking me, which one are you more plugged into? Because I was struggling with that too, where, especially with business, I can understand that it's so, it's so difficult to create that balance between, you know, work and play and really in subscribing to a certain simulation or matrix, we can call it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so, it was such a good reminder for me because Basically, that vision was just reminding me, am I plugging into the universe? Am I plugging into higher intelligence or am I plugging into artificial intelligence? Yeah. So, and a lot of the times during that period, I was, it made me realize I was plugging a lot into the artificial intelligence, into the digital world. I was so caught up in that, that I was forgetting about, you know, the wisdom within me, the intelligence that lies within myself. Mm, so beautiful. So powerful. And such a good reminder that it doesn't have to be one or the other, you know, exactly. I think so often people 
It's like, forget it. I'm, I'm quitting Facebook. I'm not going on Instagram anymore. And if, if that's how you feel more power to you, I'm all for that. And I support that. And also for people that do find joy and do find it as a good place for business or connection or inspiration, it can mean whatever we want it to mean for us. We're the ones that give it meaning and we're the ones that control how it makes us feel. And I mean, I'm the first to tell somebody if, if somebody that you're following makes you feel bad, like you can, you can hit unfollow. <laughs> it feels like all of a sudden these like digital relationships we have snooze them unfollow it's okay you Lock. don't have to be blocked you don't have to be tied to someone you feel almost compelled yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I totally I totally agree so I want to talk about your life as an artist and tell everyone about your art and and how you got into that that field okay might be a long story, but I'll try to make it short. <laughs> that's okay. Because <laughs> I do have a tendency to talk. I mean, that's why I have my own podcast is because I like to talk clearly. So, <laughs> um, so for me, I've always been artistic and I know a lot of people say that. So it's not a surprise there, but my mom was always very creative herself and she always fostered that within me. So I went to my first painting class, I think when I was 12, maybe, um, and I've only had two in my 32 years, I've only ever had two like workshops or painting classes that I've ever done, but it was one of those things back then I used to actually, I was very good at imitating. So I could look at something and I could paint it through imitation, but coming up with my own ideas was hard. And I used to be really hard on myself. And if it didn't look exactly as it, it was in the picture, I would critique myself probably more than anyone else would. Mm. And this is a habit in all transparency that I'm still trying to shed from myself. So fast forward, I had this idea that I really wanted to help people in high school. So, but I kind of put it off to the side. And when I first went to university, I went to an art and art history program, but I actually only did that for a semester because I lost interest in somebody telling me what to paint. I didn't like being told what to paint. So yeah, so I, I got out of that. And then I went back to that feeling of, oh, I really want to help people. So I ended up going into criminology and criminal justice. And after I graduated, I got a job with the courtroom. I was a courtroom clerk for about four years. And I actually was well on my way to becoming a police officer. <laughs> I was in the background stage. I made it to the background stage of our provincial police force. And I had an opportunity to renew my physical to stay because it took it took a long time to get to the background to even get to a background with a police force. I mean, there's so many different steps. I was pretty much in like I was there. I was once I passed the background and I don't doubt I would have passed the background check. I would have been in and I would have been hired. So I had a choice and they had told me that in order to keep going, I needed to renew my physical, my police physical. And I hated doing that in all honesty. It was, <laughs> it was, it was hard. It was challenging and I didn't want to do it. Is that but, like a series of like exercises? Oh yeah. Things? Okay. And you're timed. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you also have to pay to do it. So it's not free. So mm -hmm. it's like every time you have to renew, they get more and more money from you. <laughs> So, and it's not like it's a hundred dollars. It's a couple hundred dollars. So it's every time. And it only lasts six months, wow. which is understandable. They want to make sure people are keeping up with their level of fitness. So I, I understand that, but I came to the time where I had to decide if this is actually what I wanted. 
And it was so interesting because I was so close to getting it. And I thought that it was everything that I ever wanted. I mean, I thought I wanted to be a police officer when I was in high school. So I get to the end of this and I decide, you know what? I talk it over with my husband, but then here's my boyfriend. And I decided I didn't want to do it. So I just let it lapse and I kind of dropped out of that and I stopped with the process. And I realized looking back on it now that it's because I used to think that I needed to have authority to help people, which is why I think I subconsciously held the belief that I needed to be a police officer in order to do that. But now I know that to be given authority from an external position of perceived power wasn't what I actually needed. Instead, it was teaching others to find their own inner authority. So that was a big shift for me. And after that, I stopped working at the courthouse. I had a, my contract was renewed quite a few times uh, and I was very grateful for that. And then it wasn't renewed, I think about like the third or fourth time. So I took that as an opportunity to really figure out what I wanted to do. I'll make this really short because I did a bunch of things during that time. I was, I became a yoga teacher. I started teaching yoga. I started working at a nonprofit a couple of days a week and I started my art again. And I started really creating because I had all this free time and financially I was okay to be able to do this. So after that, when I was about 29 years old, you know, the good old Saturn return comes in and the astrological <laughs> chart, um, me and my husband, we went on a vacation to the Dominican Republic and we were sitting on the beach and we said, we all, I want my life to be like this. I want to be near the ocean. I don't want to be working at jobs that I don't enjoy. I want to be able to just come outside, breathe the fresh, salty air and feel like I'm at home because the ocean for me is, is home. So we came back home. We sold all of our things. We moved to Australia <laughs> and we lived in Australia for two years from 2018 to 2020. So that's when my art kind of got reignited again, because yeah. I ended up taking an art course in 2019, my second art course ever in my life. And it was a six week art course. And I actually, re we rearranged our entire Australia journey just to do that. So we weren't even supposed to go, it was in Melbourne and we weren't even supposed to be in Melbourne, but we rearranged, my husband is so supportive. We re rearranged everything. And so I did that for six weeks and it just ignited something in me. It was the first time I learned how to paint people because I was always painting landscapes or doing abstract. And it was also oil painting. So now it's so funny. I used to just be an acrylic painter. Now I don't like acrylics at all. I will just pretty much use oil. So I learned how to use oil in that course. And I'm so grateful for that. And after that, I started just painting all about the feminine, the divine feminine. It was really just really reawakened in me. And I started, I guess, because the first painting that I did in oil was myself nude. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. so I kind of painted myself as an island and mother earth was wrapping around me and there were flowers in my hair and everything. And it was, it was really, I think this rebirth of who I, who I was in my identity, because I really believe art is a magical tool. And when you paint something, you're most likely going to manifest it. It's very powerful. So it just really set myself on this whole other course. And at that time, I started listening to podcasts and really started coming into my own spirituality. Um, because like I said earlier, I was religious, but, and I always had, <laughs> I always had a very strong connection to my dreams. 
always. I'm a dream girl. I'm all about the dream world. A lot happens for me in the dream time and in the dream state. So after that, we just we were touring around Australia and I was meeting new people. And it's so interesting because I know for a lot of people, 2020 was the year where everything just kind of crumbled. All these old versions of myself just went right to the ground. Like someone literally set off a bomb and, <laughs> and you know, these old versions of myself just crumbled. And I actually, back in August of 2020, uh, my guides were showing me how far I've come. And they said that this expansion for me did begin when I went to Australia back in March, 2018. It started as an expansion, but also as a reminder of this other world that I knew that I was connected to as a child, but kind of just let it go. Like most people, right. It's just, mm -hmm. the magic was conditioned out of us. So yeah. I just let it go. <laughs> I guess you could say that the veil started to lift for me and then they showed it as sort of, there was a shell around me that was blocking my remembrance. And then it started to be chipped away at. So the beginning of January, 2020, it was as if those chips started turning into cracks. And then that's when the light began to just pour in. And then in March of 2020, um, my ascension, my awakening was triggered. And it was almost as if I was just cracked right open, like just completely like the shell just came right off. And since then, I've just been really following what lights me up. And that's been my art. And for me, I'm really passionate about living creatively. So when it's all said and done, I want to look back on my life and know that I said powerful words, I created amazing things, and that I added beauty to someone's life wherever I could. So yeah, that was a really long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I was so beautiful. I loved so much of what you said. I feel so connected to what you said and really just sharing that experience. And really what's speaking to me right now is just that you were able to have the courage, the bravery to, to take this leap of faith and to go someplace that you hadn't been and set off on this journey. And I'm sure there's so many people listening who have dreams of doing that every day and are not able to take that leap, are persuaded away by practical reasons, by people in their lives, by forces outside of themselves. And so I'm wondering if you could share what it was that allowed you to take the leap forward rather than say, oh, this would be a nice to do, but I can't because yada, yada, yada. That's a great question. <laughs> and a lot of people have asked me that when they find out we've moved, we went to Australia for two years. For me, myself, I've, there's always been something innately in me that never really wanted to subscribe to the traditional way of doing things. And I look back on old journals and I look back on even old social posts before I went to Australia and you can see it. It's hidden in there, but there's something in my words where I know that there's so much more to this, this life than just this nine to five doing things that really don't align with you and make you happy. So when I worked in the courthouse, I was surrounded by women who, yeah, you know what they had not saying that they weren't great people. They were, but they, they've been working this same government job since they were 18 or since they were 20 and they're now in their forties or their fifties or even their thirties. And it's all about security. 
but you can tell that they were miserable. They were just unhappy. They were, you know, it's almost like there was no life in them anymore. And for me, it really showed me, I didn't want to just exist. I want to live and I want to live boldly and loudly and colorfully. And for us, I won't even lie to you. It took a little bit of time to convince me. My husband was the what the first one to kind of come up with the idea. And that part of me that still subscribed to this traditional way of living, you know, kind of wanted to pull back a bit and really examine, you know, oh man, where, what are we going to do then? What are we going to do for money? Where are we going to live? How are we going to do this? You know, what happens to all our stuff? Because we got rid of pretty much everything. We also experienced people. I don't want to say there was a negative influence, but there were people that were just, you're crazy. What are you doing? You know, where do you think you're going? Like, why don't you just stay here? You have a great job. What are you going to do? I think that was actually more motivation. I remember we actually went through a, a third party company to kind of get us set up. So what they do is they help you with your first job. And let me tell you something. It, it's a very humbling experience because I went from being a courtroom clerk and having a really stable income to having to waitress, <laughs> be a server in, in another country. So, you know, it's, and we look down on jobs like that. And I really don't think we should, but we do. And in our society. And so that was a very humbling experience to know that, okay, it's almost, I feel as if I'm starting from the bottom again, but it was really purposeful. It needed to happen for me. So what I did was we went through the third party company and this, this lady was on the phone and I'm laughing because we'd called three other times and they're salespeople. So they want you to, to, to go with their company. And I kept saying, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. And then at one point, I remember looking at my husband and just saying, you know, going five, four, three, two, one. Okay. I counted down from five in my head and just said, yes, there's an author that teaches that. I think her name is Mel Robbins. And basically that's what I did. I thought, okay, let's see what I really want. I'm just going to count down from five and I'm just, and if I say yes or no, that's just what it's going to be. And I did, I didn't think about it and it was a yes. So I think what I want to offer up for the listeners is that if this is something that you want to do you have to believe that you can do it. And in order to believe that you can do it, you have to sort of really unsubscribe from everybody else's belief around you because right. that's what's going to stop you. It's not going to necessarily be you, the belief that you hold. Generally, you're holding these beliefs because other people have programmed them into you or they've just become so much a part of your, your existence, you know, that you don't think you can do something otherwise. It's really a trust fall with the universe. That's what it was. It was just complete trust and surrender because at the end of the day, I knew that everything would work out. And it did. There were times where we were very challenged. Our car broke down <laughs> that we had, and we were supposed to be on the road the week after to our next destination. And you know, a lot of things happened. I'm not going to lie or disguise that everything was, you know, perfect and everything worked out beautifully. But as we were just, you know, discussing earlier, that's where all the lessons were. We're in those moments. We really learned to trust ourselves and to trust our own intuition. And at the time I didn't even realize it was my intuition, but it was, it was this internal compass guiding us there. And now I understand it was because being in that land, traveling somewhere else activated a remembrance in me that put me on the path to be where I am today. And I, I totally believe that. And it brought me the people, places, resources, and things that I needed to remember as a soul, why I came here. 
And I'm not saying that I have it all figured out. Cause I'll tell you right now, I really don't. <laughs> there, are, <laughs> there are days where I'm like, okay, I can, I can create art, but what do I do with it? Like, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, where are the people? Why aren't more people coming to buy it? I struggle with that all the time. And I've just learned that for me, especially when it comes to my art, because I see life as a whole big canvas. So I'm not just creating on canvas. Like my whole life is a work of art. Every thought, every action, every feeling, every word, every moment holds a unique color of energy. Like we were talking about earlier. So I always ask myself, am I rushing this process? You know, am I taking the time to lay the foundations? Am I aware of the small details? Am I forgetting to look at the bigger picture and zooming out of my life? It was the self-inquiry that really led me to, to the discovery that we are the artists of our own lives. What what we paint, we manifest. So the responsibility to create is ours and ours alone. We can't give that power away to someone else. We can't give our brush to paint our life to somebody else, for somebody else to paint it for us. And whatever energy, you know, love, fear, joy, adventure, pain, judgment that we choose to feed becomes our truth, which also adds back to the analogy of the canvas. It adds a specific color to the canvas of your life. The way that I see lives and souls, especially the Akashic records, I, I think of like our incarnation as like one painting in the gallery of your soul. Mm. So yeah. So I always ask myself, like when it's time to put down my brush and return back to the stars, what will I have created? And that's, that's what drives me. It's like, what, what am I creating while I'm here? This life is really the, in like in the grand scheme of everything, it is the blink of an eye, this life. Right. This life, even 80 years, we think on earth, 80 years or nine years is a long time. It is microscopic in the macro of the cosmos. So it's like, this is going to be like a blink in my soul's timeline, like in my soul's history. So what am I doing with it? What am I creating? So how do you do that without then feeling an enormous amount of pressure for every moment of every day to be of value or great importance because I loved the whole imagery and and I could just totally see that and connect with that. And then immediately I went to, am I doing everything I'm supposed to be doing at all times? (laughs) That's, and you know what, you brought up such a good point because I, in all honesty, I struggle with that myself. And I think it's important to remember though, that so many things can be painted. I mean, we look at a storm and we think it's, it's a negative thing, but sometimes storms are the most beautiful, you know, when the lightning comes down and the thunder comes in and we're going to paint those on the canvas too. There's not always going to be bright, bold colors. Sometimes there's going to be a lot of grays and there's going to be blacks and there's going to be dark blues. And, you know, and sometimes it won't even look like it's flowing, but the whole point of that is that it's yours. Yeah. And it's authentic. Yeah. Yeah, It's your existence. Mm -hmm. So I do struggle with that, especially, you know, <laughs> when I'm painting, I'm, I'm always thinking, okay, this art, it's going to outlive me, right? Like really the things that we create and leave in the world will outlive us. I think that is a goal for many of us. And I think that that's a beautiful intention for us to tap into is that if every day we can put out the energy that I'm leaving behind something, whether it's a feeling that somebody can have, or it's a piece of art, or it's writing, or it's a coaching session, or it's music, or whatever it is, that is a beautiful intention by which to be of service is that you are leaving that day better than how you entered it. 
That's exactly it. And it's, just, I guess it, that comes back to awareness for that too. Right. But like I said, it's just your whole life is art. You're literally creating art in everything you do through the way that you love your partner, the way you raise your children, the way you cook, the way you drink your tea, the way you style your hair. The, like, everything is, is art because it's you, because you're this masterpiece. Sometimes that pressure does get to me. Yeah. And you know, you've, you've seen my human design chart. I have an open root center. So it does, it will get to me sometimes this pressure of needing to be free of the pressure. So I have to do all the things all the time. Yeah. Oh. So that's, yeah. So that's, really coming back to balance and I'm working on that. But then it's, I remind myself that it's, it's not something that I need to figure out tomorrow. It's something I'm probably going to be working at my whole life because who knows, there could be a soul theme around that, right. That I just need to figure out a way to work through or to live with or to embody and just accept that part of myself that, you know what, Steph, you like to pay attention to detail. And sometimes that drives you crazy and you end up, you know, (laughs) putting way too much emphasis and stress on yourself. But It's, I really think that at the end of the day, it's really just that awareness of knowing that you are this beautiful work of art and everything you're doing is an extension of you. So it's, it's just reminding yourself that you hold the brush. So nothing is out of your control. Like how you said about social media, like we choose what we want to see. We choose what to take in and it's true. So that's the whole point is that taking that responsibility to create. And when I say that, I meant that you're taking the responsibility for your own life, which means that you're not letting somebody create it for you. You know, you are sovereign being a fragment of source, that particle of light that fragmented off of source to experience itself, you know, as, and I'm source experiencing itself as Stephanie Delaporta. Like that's just, you know, and you're Lauren and, you know, right. like we're all, we all kind of have these roles to play or these identities, but when we strip these identities down, really, we're just this beautiful, colorful hue of art <laughs> that if we put us all together, we'd make this really beautiful portrait of consciousness. So it's such an incredible idea and such a beautiful way of looking at it in that we all have our own colors we all have a unique role to play and that every chance we get to let go of our self-judgment and our judgment of others and just focus our energy on being the fullest, truest expression of ourself is the highest service that we can be to ourselves and others. And so thank you for just <laughs> lighting that. Thank you for putting the paint in the pot so we could see that all. You just hit the nail right on the head um, or the paint right on the canvas. If we're Right, right, right. There you go. Art. Let's continue the um, analogy. Right. No, but that's it. Like your painting, your life is not supposed to look like someone else's. That's yeah. the whole point. And when we give our brush to someone else, we give our power away. So this is really, I think, especially at this time in the world is really taking that brush back and taking control of our lives and creating what we want to create. And that doesn't mean it's always going to turn out the way that we want it to, but that's the whole point. That's the fun. That's the beauty of art. Right. I mean, for me, Oh, I can't even tell you when I paint stuff that I redo it about five times. Like I always think it's going to be done. You know, I think this is going to be an easy painting, but it's going to go quickly. And my husband laughs at me all the time and he rolls his eye and he goes, you say that every single time. And I'm like, yeah, I know because something always comes up, something to teach me, you know, and I'm always redoing it or I'm not thinking it's good enough. It's not looking a certain way. And I think we do that with our lives too. 
I was going to ask you how you described it and also how you decide what to paint, if that comes through a divine connection. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that because I create whatever wants to come through me. Like, so there's no theme. It's not a cohesive body of work where I see a particular style, like with other artists. And that's what we're taught traditionally, especially in art school. If you look at other artists, it's, you know, there has to be a a theme in all of your artwork. And for me, every painting is different from the last. I'm open completely to whatever wants to flow through me. I'm a visual alchemist. So a lot of my art has hidden meanings and symbols and vibrational energy because color is vibration. And art has just always come natural to me. So for myself, I see this everywhere. And it's so interesting that we're talking about this because only a couple of days ago, I saw someone else another artist promoting, you know, like to create things that people want to buy and create art that's so good that people want to buy it. And it's just, I come back to this stance of, but then that takes away and strips our uniqueness right out of us. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. And for me, I get so many visions, as I mentioned earlier, through my meditation all the time. I'll be honest with you. They come too fast for me. I can't can't paint fast enough. And that's where the pressure comes in. I get so many visions of paintings that I know I'm learning now are actually activations for people. So when people look at my paintings, they're seeing like, it'll activate, they act as transmissions. Mm. So yeah, I know it's it's something that I'm learning, but my paintings are, are transmissions in them, in themselves. And they will activate things in people to help them remember who they are on a soul level and to help them come back to the fact that they are a part of the divine. They are source incarnate. Wait, can I just pause yeah, you for yeah, a second? Go, pause so me. <laughs> I don't know if you do this. If I were to ask you for a soul reading, do you then provide that back to me in the form of art? You know, it's so interesting. I've Because that's what done. you should be doing. I've never <laughs> done that. That's what's coming into me. So I have to share that with you. Thank you. Um, I saw that. You're talking about like an activation. That's what immediately I was like, okay, so I would ask her a question for guidance or clarity or what, and then you connect and you get the transmission and you, and then it doesn't have to be perfect and you don't have to redo it five times because you are just being the flow of energy for the other person, but your gift is in explaining it, creating it in this visual medium. And that is how you are the transmuter and the translator of energy. That's incredible. I I've never done that before. I might have okay. To. Don't you want to practice with me? <laughs> I'm good. Oh man. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just thinking I'm going to have to try this out. And that, that makes so much sense because I came across a website where another woman did that. It was like one of those, you know, when you come across things very randomly. Yes. You you're like, back, how did I go back yeah, to that? I, chat? Yeah. How did I find this person? I don't even remember. I never searched for this person and she did that. So that's so funny that you mentioned that because it crossed my awareness when I saw it, but then then it comes back to that kind of imposter syndrome where then you start talking yourself and you're like, Oh, I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not that connected. I'm not, you know, and it, and I find that that happens with me sometimes where it's, I'll get an idea like that. And then I'll think, Oh no, I can't do that. Like someone else is already doing that. Oh, that and happens I feel to me like all an the imposter. time. Yeah. I have 75 million ideas. And then I'm like, I'm not good enough to do that. No one would buy that. Someone's already doing it. I have all the reasons why not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's my life. Well, just something to think about. The other thing that I was thinking about when you were talking 
is that the way that you describe art, I don't know if you do like group sessions or, or teaching, but I feel like when you were talking about what you paint, you manifest and something immediately connected with me and that I was like, that would be amazing if I was, you know, you were talking through or you were painting and we were painting our own thing. But if we had this meditation and we're grounded and led visualization, whatever, on what we wanted to manifest or what we wanted to call in. And then I got to paint it. Sorry, I'm just like spitting my ideas out at you. <laughs> no, I almost feel as if you are accessing my, like my brain, like my head, because I've had this talk. <laughs> I literally, it's so funny. I'm a leech. I'll just like put my little tentacles in there. <laughs> because I'm like, are you, are you like, you know, demonstrating some telepathic ability right now? Am I a psychic? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my God. I guess I think you are because I did think about that. I've thought about that and that's on my list. Yeah. Probably next year, just because I have a lot going on right now. Yeah. Well, please so, do so. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking, I actually, it's so funny because, um, me and my husband are doing a money course and oh. from the star seed coach. She's really great. Her name is Sir Claire and she's amazing. And oh, it's good. I need that next. Yeah. Reframing our money beliefs. Oh. And one of the things I literally put down <laughs> for like next year was to create a, a course. Yeah. And because I think it's so powerful and I also want to help people tap into that, but a lot of people don't think they're talented enough, Absolutely. you know, and I don't, I don't believe that. I think that we're all talented in different ways and in our own way. So when we paint something, it's not supposed to look the same. You know what I mean? It's right. supposed to look individual to you because it is literally an extension of your soul onto the canvas. And for me, I think that was the hardest part at when I first started creating was that experimenting with at some point getting my soul on the canvas instead of just the paint. So it was like, right. you know, so yeah, it's, that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Lauren, I feel like you're tapping into me. Are you doing an intuitive reading right now without <laughs> me even knowing it? <laughs> well, this is one of my gifts that I have that I have not been able to monetize and maybe I'm not supposed to, so I should put that on hold is that I am, it's very easy for me to come up with ideas for other people. Like you can be talking to me and I'm like, this would be great. And that would be great. And this, and, and so I'm like a little idea lab that I just make my little concoction of ideas and I give them to people all day long. That's so funny. Cause I resonate <laughs> with that because as a projector, that's literally what I can listen to. Like my husband yeah. will tell me things and I'm like, oh, you should do this yeah. for your business and you should do that and you should do this. And then I'll go to do something for me and I have no idea what to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no so that's why we all need each other. And that's why the more I can step out of any ego driven idea of, well, if I'm an intuitive, that means I don't need intuitive guidance or, oh, I'm a coach. So I don't need a coach. All those things, the more I can step out of like, no, I need all the help I can get in every possible area of my life so that I can work it through the whirlwind and then put back out there, whatever's supposed to happen. That's a better place for me than sitting in a place of, well, I can't ask for help, which is a place that I've spent a lot of my time. I can't ask for help because people will think I'm a phony or people will think that I I'm this or I'm that. If I'm asking for help, they'll think that I don't have it all together and I'm supposed to have it all together. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And even the opposite where you put something and offering out and they, they come back and you and they say, well, you don't have enough experience. You just yeah. started. 
Cause yeah. that's a big, a big programming in our world. Oh, definitely. You know, and, I mean, look at, this is going a little off topic, but I mean, you can see it even in, you know, entry level salaries and the way that they, you know, you're, you're paid in tangible form through money yeah. for a service. It's like the more experienced you are, and I put that in quotations, the more you get paid. And it's just that three-dimensional way of living. Like I said, I don't subscribe to a lot, yeah. but I do get caught up in sort of the belief process of that, where I don't, I end up feeling like an imposter because that's what I'm led to believe I am because I don't have enough experience. But for me, it's, I've been painting my entire life. I've been creating things my entire life. But if I go were to go to a gallery and try to give my art to them, they might say, oh, you know, you're just, you're still a novice. You know, you're, you're not quite there yet. You haven't had enough gallery experience. And right. that's and just that's an what I think the beauty of social media comes in, because I do think that in many ways that levels the playing field where it used to be that you had no access to this wide potential audience. And now it's the opposite where everybody's an expert on everything. <laughs> and then there's all kind of, you know, crazy stuff happening and, you know, these trends, God knows what going on on TikTok and all the things. But I think the, the benefit of that is that for industries where there used to be such a strict hierarchy of, oh, unless you were a, a published author, you had no authority. Or unless you were in a gallery, you weren't considered a, an artist. Now it's like, no, I'm an artist because I am alive. So I'm an artist. So, you know. I love what you just did there. <laughs> People couldn't see, couldn't see the little middle finger that I raised there, but um, I love it. Cause you embodied like exactly what I was feeling when you were saying, like, yeah, <laughs> take it to the man, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You had mentioned this idea of ascension and awakening. Could you expand on that a little bit? What did that feel like? What does that mean to you? Who, who ascends? How do we ascend? <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, that's a big one. So I didn't even know what that word was until last year. I'd never heard of it. So around March of 2020, a couple of months after I got back from Australia, I had listened to this meditation that was supposed to activate your light body. And it did, in all fairness, it actually said only do when you're ready. And I guess I thought I was ready, to be honest. I don't even know if, know if I knew what a light body was, I, but I did it anyways. I felt called to do it, so I did it. I want to mention this because I do think it had something to do with it, but about a couple of weeks after, I started experiencing symptoms <laughs> uh, and what one may call ascension or awakening symptoms. Now, to me, my understanding of ascension and awakening is an integration and an activation of who you are without your human skin suit, if that makes sense, like who you are as a soul, um, as an energetic being. And it's kind of sort of awakening dormant gifts uh, and abilities from past incarnations within you. Um, that, that came for me a lot later on. But so for myself, around that time, I actually have it in a journal. I journaled everything out because I started experiencing things that I'd never experienced before. So I started getting intense sensations on my crown chakra and in my third eye to the point where it felt like they were on fire and I would cry to my husband mm. and it was very uncomfortable, like completely uncomfortable. I was scared and all honesty, I, I was terrified. Um, there were nights where I woke up crying and telling my husband that I thought I was dying. 
which essentially I actually, I did. It was like, it was a death and a rebirth. I was totally like your ego death. Yeah. And it, but it was physical. Like some people glorify and they romanticize the ascension process, especially in the conscious and spiritual communities. I didn't get that. I didn't get the, the glowy, you know, unicorn rainbow ascension experience. I got literally every physical negative, uncomfortable symptom you could get. I experienced it. So I had tingling on my third eye and my crown to the point where I thought it was on fire. I had to take cold showers because I thought my head was like going to explode. And yeah. And there was, um, a few days I've never experienced this in my entire life. I had vertigo. I've never Mm. experienced that before. And the entire day I had to lie down. I could not stand up without spinning off to the ground. Like I was falling over. It's like my whole world was taken off of its axis and I, everything was spinning. And, and this all happened in a concentrated period of time. Oh yeah. This no, no. Oh no. I thought it would be over after like a week. No, this happened for like about a month or two. Yeah. Um, I, and the only reason I know that is because I have my journal. So I journaled everything. So I went back to the dates. Um, sometimes I'll go back and I'll look at it because I'll think, wow, I came like I came a long way from then because I honestly thought I was going to die. I did. I, but it was good in a way because I went through, I was able to come to terms with my fear of death and my own immortality as a soul. So I needed to experience that and understand that this life isn't permanent. This body isn't permanent. And someday I will shed this body the same way that I shed my clothes before I go to bed, you know? So for me, during this experience, maybe about three, two, three weeks, maybe even a month. I can't remember after I started to see symbols in the sky. And when I say symbols in the sky, I mean like physical symbols, not with my third eye. I ended up seeing things that I've never seen before. And some of them, they show up as either like crop circles where there's like a circle within a circle and there's a cluster of them, or they are, they almost look like runes. Um, and at that point, I wasn't necessarily freaking out, but I was wondering what's <laughs> like what's a low key off, freak out. Right? <laughs> like I was trying not to freak out, but it was more, and this is what I mean when I said earlier. So for me, my understanding of Ascension is that it will activate different parts of your soul history. So what I learned later on with these symbols that it activated was that I am a very old soul and I've learned and I have had many incarnations in different star systems and earth is not my origination point. Mm -hmm. So for me with those symbols, I've learned that it's symbols that I used when I was an Arcturian being and an Andromedan being, and those two are star systems. Um, Arcturus is in the constellation, the boots constellation. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. And then Andromeda, Do which is the closest galaxy. Yeah. Where are you from? Oh, where sorry. are you from? <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'll tell you where I'm from. I'm from everywhere. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah. you know how I said that vision of a large cosmic rainbow of light, and then it breaks off into tiny little particles of light that become mm-hmm. fragments that are individual souls. Yeah. That's how I, I started off. Like everyone else, I was a, I was a fragment of light. Yeah. And then my first incarnation was the angelic realm as a fairy being. Um, I had wings and I was born of flowers, which makes sense because it's like everything that I paint is art. So this is what I mean. Like it started activating things where mm. things started to make sense for me. Um, and then I learned that in Andromeda, in all these different places, um, 
art was a major theme for me. I painted, I created, I used to take the nectar of flowers and use them as paints. And this was given to me by, I've only ever had readings by two, two people, um, like paid for readings. These are Akashic readings? Yeah, I had um, one was an Akashic reading and one was she's just an intergalactic channeler. And I had asked about my symbols because I told her, I don't understand what this is. Like I'm seeing things and I can't even deny it anymore. It, it's not something that I can deny because it's so physical. I can see it with my with my eyes, yeah, like, it's, yeah. you know, and it's one of those things where I could point out and be like, do you see that? And you'd think I was off my rocker. Like, what do you mean? I, well, I wouldn't think that, but maybe yeah, somebody else. <laughs> no, but I've spoken to you about it too, where the, I also saw sparks of of um, like electricity, like neurons in the sky. I can see atoms moving very, very fast. Sparks all the time now. Yeah, it's banana. Yeah, and that's yeah. no, that's a big thing because there's yeah. there's there's something there with your soul history. You have to like definitely look into that a little bit more. Oh yeah, but, no, but what what you're saying is I'm activating now with plants. Yeah, and it's so exciting, and I'm just treading very lightly because I just really want to honor it, and I feel so much like. Okay. I just want to be respectful. I want to do the right thing, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's what it is too. Is that for me? I, I love that you're honoring it because I just wanted more information. <laughs> I was like, I want it. I need to know. I need to know this. And that's when I learned about star seeds. I had no idea what they were. No idea. I, I didn't know about this other world. Remember I came from a Christian background. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe in other in aliens and extraterrestrials and interdimensional beings. I mean, I believed in angels, but that was pretty much the extent, mm -hmm. but I think I knew I always, it's so funny. I look back on old art I created and a lot of it was galaxy art. And I even wrote like, there's more out there. And I know there's more, like I can see things that I wrote and it's like, okay, Steph, you were onto something. You knew this way before. So that's what I mean. The Ascension activates like a remembrance. And it's also something I'm coming to understand does not happen overnight. And it's not something where all your gifts are just going to appear and that's it. It's like a constant process. I learn, they open up more and more. And to be honest, they don't open up as fast as I'd like them to either, but it makes Definitely. sense. And yeah, in an age of instant gratification, we expect that if we see something, it's just going to happen right away. And that's not the case with your soul. Your soul is like, I've planned this out at specific times for a reason. And that's what I keep coming back to where my soul is like, okay, this was, this was on your path. This was supposed to happen at this time but it doesn't mean it's going to like speed up for you just because you become aware of it. You have, there's always, you know, there's purpose in everything. Mm, so, such a good yeah. reminder. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like when it first starts happening and I don't know that I've ever put a voice or a name to my experiences with it that are similar to yours, chills all day long, yeah. like so many tingles pain, seeing things. I, I've never yeah. really like clustered that together as an ascension thing. I guess in my mind, it was just like, oh, you're becoming more aware or your sensitivity. In my mind, I finally said, okay, I guess I am an empath because for the longest time I did not connect or associate with that word. And when people would say, oh, I'm so empathic. I'm such a, you know, highly sensitive empath. I would be like, really? I don't connect with that word at all. And finally it's like, okay, well, every time during this few days of the month, you're overloaded because you're feeling everything that's happening in the collective. So just 
take that word on. It doesn't mean that you have to fall down and not be able to function. So I really appreciate you sharing what it was like for you. And also to let people know that everybody's experiences are different. And I think for some people, it can be very, very slow and steady and just a little bit here and there as your body acclimates. And then I think for other people, it can be boom and then nothing, boom and then nothing. It's like all over the map, right? Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, it's just very important to kind of honor the process because for me, like I said, like listening to you, just, just describe your own, that does sound like ascension to me, but for me, I didn't. I didn't know I was becoming extra sensitive. I just thought I was dying. Honestly, yeah. like I thought I, I, I thought I, I was afraid. I remember telling Justin in the middle of the night that I might need to say goodbye to you because I don't know if I'm going to wake up. Like I, it was scary. I remember crying. I remember, you know, and it's looking back on it now, it was really just, it was an energetic upgrade and my body had to physically, because it was in such a lower density, because earth is lower density, it's just, it was so dense that I was shedding these dense layers and it was painful. I mean, the same way that a snake sheds its skin, we assume that it's not painful, but I mean, if we had to shed our skin, I imagine it's not going to be like this really comfortable process. It's going to be very uncomfortable as they, you know, it starts sloughing off of you and you're trying to like break free of this old skin that you're in. And that's what it felt like. And looking back on it now, I see that that's exactly what it was. It was kind of like you said, acclimating to this energetic frequency that was higher than myself because I was in such a lower frequency prior to that. Not because I was thinking negative thoughts or anything like that, but just because I wasn't, I didn't have that awareness. And it wasn't, it's so interesting because I wasn't looking necessarily for it, or maybe I was, I don't know. I did the meditation. So I I must've been looking for something. Um, But let's just say I did not expect such a fast acceleration <laughs> of my journey. And after that happened, that's actually how I enrolled in the course that we both met in because that was the only reason. So this ah. led me, this led me to a lot of other avenues that I needed to go on. So it's very interesting. Yeah. So it's it all perfectly divinely guided. Yeah. That's what I mean. I don't think it could have happened earlier in my life because this needed to happen the way that it did at the time that it did. This has been so incredible, so expansive, so really soulfully rewarding and fulfilling. And I cannot wait for everybody to hear this and to connect with you. Tell everybody how to find you. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Stella, S-T-E-L-L-A dot Porta, P-O-R-T-A. And you can also find me in my Etsy shop. It's Stella Porta Studio. You just kind of type it into the browser amazing I can't wait I can't wait your art is incredible all of it just has the most beautiful intention and energy and authenticity behind it I every time I see one of your posts I feel so lit up and I feel so excited so I can't wait for everybody to also get that energy from you that honestly means so much, especially as a projector that needing to be seen, oh, you, see, <laughs> you see me and I feel I see so you. seen. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, I can't always just hold up a mirror to myself and see myself. I need other people to do it for me. So it's really good. Oh, I'm so glad. And I feel so honored to be here. Thank you so much for allowing me to share a little bit of my story and my energy and to co-create together. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. 
Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.